All right. Um, five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the agency. Eugene here, your agent in Toronto. And Candy here, your agent in Clarksville, Tennessee. Wow, Clarksville, Tennessee. Did yeah. you take the last train? I did take the last train, and I don't think they're ever letting me off um, because um, I'm working in here. I'm working in Clarksville right now, and um, and we're having a great time. And we've talked about that song, "Take the Last Train to Clarksville." Obviously, um, the, the monkeys. author, the monkeys, yeah, and the author. It was not the monkeys who wrote it. Jerry, somebody, I think. And he said, I read a great story about how he said he was writing this song. He wanted to write about someone maybe going away. It could be war and they never knew they were coming back or not. And so they wanted to meet up with their, their friend and their, you know, and maybe just have one fun night. And he didn't want to write it about Vietnam per se, because the monkeys were fairly conservative. They didn't want to, um, you know, draw attention or be super political. And he um, then he later found out he was going to write it about a town called Clarksdale, but it didn't roll off the tongue well, so he said Clarksville. And it turned out that there was an army base on Clarksville in Clarksville, Fort Campbell, which I see the sign for all the time that I've been here a week. And um, he was really responding to the song by the Beatles where they sing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he wrote, no, no, no. <laughs> It's, that, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? It is funny how that happens. And then it's quite a bittersweet song, which I always thought was just a lighthearted pop song. You know, I, I heard an interview with Ian Tyson. Uh, uh -huh. Maybe I saw it on uh, on YouTube some time ago, in which he talked about um, hanging out with his friend Bob Dylan. And yes. Bob played him his new song, Blowing wow. in the Wind. Wow. And uh, Ian was so excited by that song. <laughs> he thought, man. I could write songs too. I bet I can write as good a song as that. I'm going to go write my own wind song. So he went off and that night wrote Four Strong Winds. Oh, yeah. Wow. Crazy, that's huh? So cool. It is crazy. You know, you see that anthem, you see that vibe for an anthem or a ballad and you go for it. Yeah. So I just got off work. The reason I'm late to get to the podcast is because rumor had it that they were going to get their cable set up today and wi-fi and between one and three so i thought well okay i'll wait for that by five o'clock i'll probably have um some service but no they weren't there when i left it at six and yeah. i so i booked a hotel and i ran over here and got here you know just in time to be late for the podcast to meet you and um but you made it i made it and it's a really cute little town clarksville i've been exploring it a bit and i've been on the road for about two weeks now all well, where, where were you before Clarksville? Well, before Clarksville, and what I'm doing here working is I'm painting a house. A friends of mine in Chicago um, sold their property in Chicago and have moved down here to hope for better weather, and it is lovely weather, and uh, just be a different vibe. They're they're retired, and um, they need their house painted, so I'm painting it, and That's we're great. having a hoot. We're having a hoot, and I cook. I'm a personal chef and a house painter. <laughs> <laughs> I made butter chicken tonight, but I didn't eat any because oh, I ran man. here to do the, I know I ran here to do the podcast. Oh, wow. There's, there's butter chicken that you abandoned for this podcast. Yes, yes I did. Wow. You're welcome. I, I'm not sure I could, <laughs> I could abandon butter chicken for anything. 
Right. And I'm wearing a heating pad because I got an injury a week ago sitting in the back seat driving from Chicago to New Buffalo for a girl's trip in New Buffalo, Michigan. And I guess I creaked my neck in the car and I felt it happen. And it has been a bitch ever since. Wow. Um, last night with a heating pad, it finally was healing. Every night it heals. But about two hours after I'm awake, it's back again. Oh, so anyway, I was in Vegas, as you know. So about two on the 14th of September, I went to Las Vegas. And I'm telling you, Eugene, we had so much fun. It was kind of like That's a mercy. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, it was kind of like a mercy fuck because Vegas was pretty quiet. <laughs> um, they needed business. They needed visitors. And we did the job. Do you remember when we got married there? When Stag and I got married there, it was pretty quiet because the crash just happened. Did you remember that? I didn't remember it being, well, I wouldn't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, and yeah, I know was... you provided me with the only possible reason that I would ever go to Las Vegas. <laughs> right. I understand that completely. And I don't expect you to go back. I happen to really like Vegas. And um, I really enjoy the 24 hour time period that there, the casinos open for 24 hours. You can get a drink all night long if you want. If you sit and throw in 20 bucks at the slot machine, they bring you free drinks. And um, so we just had a great time. Um, I went with my friend, Trisha, her mom, and her mom's friend. And uh, we had saw all kinds of um, entertainment and shows. And I just want to tell you a bit about that. Sure. Yeah. And we ate all. So the other reason I love Vegas is because it's a foodie heaven. The food there is, is it really. A, Oh my is that, god. Is that a new thing? Is that something that's changed no, over the it's years? Since the 90s. Since the 90s. Okay. So I guess it's new since. I mean, I assume that the rat pack probably had great food, steaks and everything. I'm sure they I, had personal chefs. Yeah, but I think the restaurants were probably pretty good. It got very kind of sleazy and bad, maybe in the late 70s and through the 80s. And then people, I guess the hotels realized, well, people actually want to have good food. They just don't want an old dry buffet. And and so hotels. And the casinos hired all the international hit chefs of the world. And they would open up their own boutique restaurants within casinos. Okay. So you can go to Vegas and, and, and it just have some of the most incredible food. And I have had nothing but amazing times of food um, going to Vegas. So we awesome. wanted to eat some fun food. We wanted to see some, some entertainment and, um, and, and just have a great time and, and hang out at the pool. And that's what we did. So um, I've got a couple of highlights. Um, Trisha booked the Neon Museum. Now, Stag and Trisha and I had been there about four years ago, and we go to the Neon Museum, and it was closed. You have to actually, it was open, but it's so popular, you actually have to book ahead. So this time, uh, Trisha learned our lesson, and she booked ahead. And the Neon Museum is so fantastic. It's such a great post-Empire um, visit of all the crash signs and dead signs of Las Vegas. Wow. And they just sit right beside you, Eugene. You stand right beside them. You walk through it like a forest park. That sounds fantastic, all, actually. Oh my God, it's absolutely mind-blowing and beautiful. And you're standing right next to huge letters with light bulbs all burnt out or broken. And it's all welded metal and it's beautiful art. It's beautiful, functional art. That sounds really fantastic. Oh, my God. It was so incredible. And if that wasn't enough, and, you know, Stag and I, we remember peeking through the window at other people having the tour going, oh, I wish we were here. So we did get to go. Then they had a light show. This was also the first day that we got there. And there was day drinking involved. Um, we couldn't <laughs> check into our room right away. 
the story will have several day drinking episodes. Um, so please don't judge. Don't judge anybody listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> in Vegas, it's not really day drinking. It's just drinking. Right. Okay. So um, we got there pretty early. Our flight changed and got there early and we couldn't even check in. So we, we stuck our luggage with the, the bellhop or whatever it's called, the concierge. And um, we took off to another, tried to find food, but many of the restaurants are closed. So you'll is that have because one of or COVID? Two. Yes, okay. it is because people aren't traveling yet. Right. And it doesn't have the kind of volume. That's why I said it was like, we were like the mercy fuck. We were like, we feel sorry for you, Vegas. We'll make love to you. And so um, we went to the MGM and we, ha- we found an Irish pub. Or maybe it was New York, New York, right? And we're like, we came all the way here for an Irish pub. We could have done that down the street. But we did sit there and we didn't know what else to do. We were starving. So we had Irish food. And it was really good. There you go. Yeah. And then we got back to the hotel, settled. So by the time we were at the Neon Museum, and the light show that we could get to see was at about, I'm going to say 9.30. We were long tired. I had certainly woke up at about 4.30 to uh, get to the airport in time. But the show was called Brilliant. And I really thought, oh, I just want to go home. But we persevered. And her mom and her mom's friend were really tired. We were like zombies. And Trisha was like, you guys, I hate you. She was ready to go to clubs after. And I was like, I'm not going to a club. Anyway, it was called Brilliant. And I don't know who did this, but there was British voiceovers and they had computerized these lights, micro lights that shone also on different Las Vegas signs, uh, Stardust, Liberace sign, uh, Lucky Lady, and the muse- and, uh, maybe an Elvis sign of some kind. And the way the light show worked was it would light up where the light bulbs were supposed to be. They weren't plugged in, but it looked like the neon signs were singing along to the music. Ah. It was so beautiful. It was about a 20-minute show. And if you can go to the Neon Museum, go across the way and see this show, Brilliant. And they played all kinds of fantastic music. It was really, really good. Then the next day, so one of the foodie things we wanted to do was go to Cassie Beach House. Doesn't that sound good? Mm. Well, it was in the old Hard Rock Casino. Hard Rock Casino closed in 2019. And Virgin, I didn't know it either. Virgin took it over. So I recognized the address. And when we pulled up, you could still tell it was the hard rock, (laughs) but it was all remodeled in a way like they put different plants. But because I've been there a couple of times, I was like, oh, my God, no, this used to be the hard rock. The sign's gone. We saw it the night before in the Neon Museum graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I found out. It doesn't take long for the sign to get to the sign graveyard. No, it doesn't. It it went there right away. It was a huge guitar. And when I saw it there, I went, "Uh uh-oh, I think the casino's closed. Anyway, it was Virgin, a Virgin casino. You know, the guy who went to space, Richard Brodigan, one of the rich guys that went to space. Branson? Branson, thank you. Brodigan's the guy who wrote uh, Trout Fishing in America. That's right. Wrong, wrong poet. This is the guy who did Virgin, <laughs> Record, Virgin Records. Okay, so rich Cassidy, guy in space. Rich guy in space. The casino is gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And then they created with the Hard Rock Pool. They changed it around a bit, but if you had blindfolded me and put me there, I would have known it was a Hard Rock Pool. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it is hilarious. But they took away the slide, and they still had some nice cabanas. Well, how much money do you want to spend on uh, rebranding? I don't know. I don't know. I guess, yeah, you wouldn't tear it down. And they just, they, they did redecorate it. It's very beautiful. Well, Cassie Beach House was amazing. It's gorgeous, brand new. And I think it reopened in on July 1st, um, if I understand correctly from one of the people we talked to. So we ate there. We had things like, 
you know, um, all kinds of snacks like um, bean dip and hummus and meatballs. It was all like tapas and it was really, really fun. And that was pretty good. I don't know who the chef was, but it was really fun. And then her mom, Trisha's mom and her friend booted off to see uh, BG's experience. So it's a BG cover band because Ooh, Trisha and I, I know, cool. right? Actually, that <laughs> it did sound like a lot of fun. They said they would like, but we still had an hour to kill. A lot of fun in a hurting kind of way. I know, I know. I guess you have to be into it. And we were going to see Death Cab for Cutie, one of my favorite bands. So we had another hour to wait, and that was at the Cosmopolitan. So we played around in the casino at Virgin. And our server was so cool. We talked to her for a bit, and she, um, she's she been there 26 years. So she opened the Hard Rock and closed the Hard Rock, and Virgin hired all the staff. Oh, that's good. So that was, isn't that cool? I thought that was really, really cool. And, and only one new person is there. It's all old staff. And um, so she said, oh, that's so good. Because, you know, it's it's such a difficult industry for someone to make a living yeah. in to start yeah. with. You yeah. know, I mean, it's good. At least there's a little bit of continuity when there's a changeover like that. Definitely. Um, definitely. So she was really cool. And I, and I said, how did you handle the, the quarantine and everything? She said it was so spooky. Um, they, you know, shut right down. Vegas has never closed. Casinos have never closed before since they opened in what, 1905. So it was so weird. And, and you know, of course, we all know this, our cities felt so weird being shut down. Um, and she said her, her and her husband and her son rode down the strip on their bikes. And it was like the apocalypse. She's, she really wow. got us going. She said it was so weird. And she's so grateful to be back at work. It's not very busy, but she was super happy for any customers. And uh, so that was really fun. And then we went to see Death Cab for Cutie at the Cosmopolitan Casino. And oh my God, I guess I'd never been in there before. It's so beautiful. Trisha said we did go in, but I feel like I would have remembered. It was so fantastic. I had wanted to go to see if there was an um, art museum, but the two art museums I knew were closed now. They're not reopening. But the Cosmopolitan had tons of artwork, which I'll share on Facebook. I took, I took a bunch of pictures. Uh, the beautiful casino, gorgeous. And then on the way to the concert venue, um, there was all this uh, contemporary art. Really, really wonderful. One of them was so cool. I, I was like, what the hell is that? Um, folded Japanese art? No, it was playing cards all folded up. Like, hmm. And then it falls apart like uh, butterflies. Um, Death Cab for Cutie was amazing. Um, they had a big lineup. Everybody showed vaccination, proof, proof of vaccination. And everybody kept their masks on the entire show. Well, that's good to hear. It was great. And it felt, it was strange. That's the first concert I've been to. Um, I saw live bands in New Orleans a few months ago that I talked told you about, and and Big Sam was playing in a uh, bar when we went in there, so we saw live music. Um, but this was the first official concert I went to, and um, two guys next to us, down the down, about ten feet from us, weren't wearing masks, so we just kind of you know we weren't sitting near there, and we didn't. I didn't go in the mosh pit. I really wanted to, but I didn't want to. Um, everyone was very sedate, just standing, watching the band with a little bit of physical distancing. And the band did not wear masks. And then they said they usually like to, you know, have a lot of fun in Vegas, but they're not allowed to with their contract. They have to stay in their rooms. They're only allowed to go from their bus into their rooms because of COVID. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, all that insurance is on them. If they, if they cancel a show for something they could predict, they probably wouldn't get coverage. Hmm. That's what I was thinking, because we know that there's a flu. So if you willingly went out and got COVID, 
you probably wouldn't get cover your gig that night. It's a lot of money. They're millions of dollars uh, concerts are, you know. Um, the staff at, at the and the venue was just beautiful. It was really, really fun. And they played all the songs I wanted to hear and all the songs Trisha wanted to hear. And it was a really great night. And there's more. <laughs> well, continue. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, we went to a classic. Um, somebody recommended to um, Trisha's mom's friend to go to Batista's. So we did. It was a classic old school Italian restaurant, not unlike the restaurant I work in. I was like, I can't believe I'm going for Italian food and not <laughs> even like Nouveau. It's like totally like exactly like ours, but it was great. We had a lot of fun and they just pour wine at the table. You get wine included with your meal. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really funny. Um, and I guess it's made in the basement because um, <laughs> some, some of us had pretty bad headaches the next day. Not I me. See. Yeah, not me. Um, and then we went to another place. You would love this place called Yardbird. And you know what I did, right? You know how we found these restaurants. I Googled Foodie Hipster. Of course you did. Yeah, Foodie Hipster Las Vegas. And Yardbird came up and it was called, um, I had sweet tea braised short ribs with mama's oh mashed my potatoes. God. They were heaven on earth. You I didn't know like that short, braised short ribs are among my favorite <laughs> yes. foods on earth. Oh. Eugene, these were poetry. They were just, they were so ridiculous. Um, I did, the, the only thing I could say was meh to the carrots. They weren't cooked properly and I just pushed them to the side. I don't even know why they put them on the plate. It was a crime against humanity. <laughs> and uh, they were pretty like raw. Um, what else did we do? I think I told you and I shared pictures on Instagram. We went to Vanderpump, Vanderpump Vegas, which is like a, a reality soap opera I watch. And they opened up a bar. With a, it's about a bunch of people that work in a bar and they opened okay. up a, a new bar in Vegas and it was gorgeous and fantastic. Oh, we went to um, one of the other highlights. Oh, one of the highlights was we stayed at the Tropicana or the Trop, if you're local. And um, Robert Irvine had a restaurant in there. And un, unbeknownst to us, we just thought, well, let's just go there, right? We had burnt ends of brisket with fried onions. Oh my God. Yeah, we had to go back and get more. Like we went like as much as we could during the four days we were there. Um, it was so good. So, so, so good. And the Tropicana was beautiful and really fun. And the pool was gorgeous. Um, so then another thing we did was Trisha had got us all booked at the Mob Museum. And I had never been before. And it was really fun because first of all, it's mob stuff. So they had, they had actual clothing from the Sopranos. They had pop culture on the main floor was all pop culture and contemporary, like John Gotti and things like that. Upstairs was more um, classical mafia, if you will, mobsters in America. So we spent a lot of time on the first floor looking at, you know, suits of bad guys. They had a lot of clothes. It was really cool. But she also booked a distillery tour. And I'm like, what do you mean a distillery tour? Well, the Mob Museum, I don't know, they must be geniuses because they decided, why don't they make their own moonshine? Of course. Had you heard of that before? No, but it makes perfect sense to me. It's, isn't that brilliant? I thought, what a great concept that somebody went all the way. <laughs> and more headaches were involved? No, no. Oh, I wait till you hear <laughs> about this. We had a beautiful docent who uh, watches through it. They have three stills in the basement, of course, and they um, make one with like a cinnamon. It's almost like fireball. And one with, um, I don't know what it was, just straight razors. 
And then um, the third one had some other flavor in it. Well, I couldn't finish. We get the tiniest shots. I couldn't finish any of them. Really? Like what a light mate. Other people were drinking it. And then there was, she said, well, if this was the booze, the only booze you could drink, how many of you would be drink, would not be drinkers? I put my hand up. There was four other people at the table, but I was like, I would be not a drinker if I had to drink this. Um, It was like burning searing paste. Because they give you a straight taste. And um, right next to that, uh, so they make it right there. You see it being made, and it's these beautiful stills. And um, and I, I don't know, they got all kinds of special permission, but they just give you a microdose. But it's like 120 million proof. <laughs> it's undrinkable to me, I would call it. Well, have you ever had Screech? Uh, no. Okay. I, I avoid the rum products. Right. Screech is like, this is like Screech on steroids. So anyway, then they had a speakeasy next door where you have to go through like a picture frame. It's hidden. And in fact, some people just pull up to the outside of the building and go down the basement and press a doorbell. It doesn't have any signage on it. So they also did that really well. In fact, we canceled our dinner reservations because we liked the speakeasy so much. We just stayed there. And um, yeah, there was uh, drinks to be had. There had already been some day drinking involved because we walked around Fremont Street and, you know, stopped for all kinds of drinks at different casinos. Get to the Mob Museum and go to the speakeasy. And, um, oh, we just had fantastic food. We had um, deviled eggs, meatballs, charcuteries. Is that like, you know, cheese and crackers and bread and And um, cold meats? It was amazing. And we liked it so much, we just kept ordering the meatballs because they were insane. They were so good. And um, we had all kinds of drinks. And then we went off to see Nikki Glaser. And Nikki Glaser, I don't know if you know anything about her. No, nothing at all. She's a stand-up comedian. She's very funny. She has a podcast. And um, I was pretty excited to see her. She was at Caesars. I think she was at Caesars. And so we left the Mob Museum, went to see um, Nikki Glaser. And Trisha's mom immediately fell asleep. And I suppose that's because of the day drinking. <laughs> so I guess we just let her sleep. I didn't know she was asleep. I might was have, at, I, the, at the comic show? At the comic show. Beautiful. Excellent. Yeah, beautiful. Probably just as well. Because after the show, her friend said, that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Glazer is a little, um, you know, raunchy. Raw? Yeah, okay. Raw and raunchy. She talked about eating ass for about an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she could have done it. it. I think, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. I loved it because the guys next to me, like, they just looked so, like, unable to process it. So that was very entertaining. Never mind the guys next to me. Before the show starts, she said, hey, I want you to support Emil Joaquin. And he's one of my opening acts. He was amazing, by the way. So she goes, follow him on Instagram after the show. Well, I thought I'm going to be proactive and follow him right now. So I'm playing on my phone, trying to find his name on Instagram. And someone keeps blaring a light in my eye. And I just like, oh, my God, who's so rude? It turns out it's because I was on my phone in the theater. Ah. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking because of the day drinking. And um, <laughs> guys next to me, I turn to these guys and I go, why didn't you tell me to turn off my phone? They don't even know me. But I just said that to them. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you tell me they were blaring it at me? So I got in trouble at the concert. And um, Emile Joaquin was really good. And then her co-host on her podcast, Andrew Collin, did an opening act too. And then she had a singer on there, one of her good friends, who did music for Grey's Anatomy. 
and Twilight, and I forgot her name, and I feel really bad. I guess I'll fix that next week. And then Nikki Glaser comes out, and it was, I loved it. I felt like I was really doing something like super entertainment, the right thing to do in Vegas. I mean, Nikki Glaser, a lot of comics, they're really trying out their material. So sometimes it's not the most polished show that you would see on HBO or something. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that she had been building her show since the pandemic. The other guys actually had great pandemic um, content and post con uh, um, their, their, their material was very um, really good. Current. Hers was good, but it was shock value, right? Just total shock. Okay. And she's very beautiful and, and attractive. So that's even funnier when she's, you know, talking shit. It was a great show. I had a great time. All right. It's so awesome. Then when I got home, I turned around and hopped in the car where I got my neck injury, sitting in the back seat, and went to New Buffalo for two days. Just to sit around a pool with, with other girlfriends that I work with. Nice. I've had a crazy And now holiday. you're in Clarksville, Tennessee. Yes, where I've been painting. I, I literally just finished painting. I stripped wallpaper all day today. That is a, an extremely unpleasant job. And um, you're very hot and sweaty and you have to hold a steamer in one hand and scrape with your other hand and try and time it. You try to get a groove, right? Anyway, I've been doing that all day, so I'm pretty exhausted. I was so excited about this podcast. I just wish I was more perky. But it's been, I just got off, finished doing that. And then I painted three walls. So, well, I mean, you've been everywhere. I have. Tell me Uh, about you. Well, I haven't really been anywhere. You know, I know, but um, you've been but, watching a lot of cool. I haven't even watched TV. You have, but, but tomorrow, uh, uh-huh. Sheila and I are going out for dinner for the first time going oh, to a restaurant in like two years. Oh wow! Uh, we're going to Scaramouche to celebrate our twentieth <gasps> anniversary. Oh, congratulations and happy anniversary! That's and right. oh my god, I love Scaramouche. How awesome! Is oh, that? I know Scaramouche is the best place. I always oh. feel like a king when I'm there. Yes, well, you are a king, King Napic. There you go. Yeah. Hey, we have a giveaway this week. Oh, we do. Yes, we do. Um, I have in front of me a CD. Remember CDs? Yes, I do. Yeah, I have one in front of me. It's a copy of Tales from the Wood by the Mighty Lopez. Yes, somebody has to get that. And whoever emails me or emails the show and yeah. and tells us, tells us what the name of the band is that Lopez fronted when he lived in Toronto, oh. first person who comes out with that gets the CD. All right. And a good story. I hope they share a good story. But that's a oh, great and, Yeah, stories would be fantastic. If great. you saw that band and you have some story about that, we'd love to read it on the air. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a good idea. Thank you. I'm so glad you've got that organized. Yay. Um, I Have you been to, you've been watching TV or movies or anything? Because I oh, have. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one thing we've done a yeah. lot of. Yeah. Um, first of all, we I went to a Marvel movie. Oh my Can god! Can you imagine that? I would no, no, I because you know I hate Marvel movies. I know you do. I but went to it, I went to Age of Ultron with you, and you you shouted the whole time, "Make it stop! Make it stop!" <laughs> <laughs> that was particularly horrible one. That, that, that was I, a pretty I, fragmented movie. Yes, I went to see Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm, it looks good. You got to see it first of all. I will. It. it Aside from the fact that it's completely incomprehensible, um, <laughs> it may be the best movie made so far this year. Wow. It's truly fantastic. Uh, first of all, the story. Yeah. The story, Shang-Chi is this guy 
who was living in the States under the name of Sean, where him and his buddy, uh, whose name I think was Kate, played by Aquafina, okay. uh, are um, parking cars <laughs> uh, for a living. But it turns out that he actually is the heir to this 10 rings. Now the 10 rings, if you got these yep. rings on you, you have godly powers and immortality <laughs> and you could beat the crap out of anything, okay? Wow. Shang well, Chi's father has the rings. So the rings is also an organization, I think. Okay? Yeah. And he married this woman who was from a mythical village called Talo. Okay. And they yep. had two kids okay. and a boy and a girl. And they, they trained Shang-Chi to be a godly martial arts fighter. Uh, but his sister watched and learned all the moves watching, even though she didn't uh, get to be trained. Right? Is that Aquafina? No, 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 oh. no, no. Aquafina is, is Sean's pal from like oh. San Francisco. Okay, I love her. Okay, she's first of all, I go see Aquafina in anything. I know she's, she's so just good. she is so good in everything she does. She she's so wonderfully um, in this one, nerdy and loyal yeah. and wonderful. Yeah, just really, really fabulous. And you know, he has to explain that he's not just a guy who parks cars. He's also like this <laughs> super martial arts dude and he's got to go off and save the world. Well, and she's like, all right, I'll go. She, so she ends up <laughs> So it's, it's a story. It's like an origin story, okay? But mm -hmm. it's also seeped in this family politics because there's the two kids and dad. Now, mm -hmm. mom's been murdered by the, by the iron guard, okay? Uh, right. That's dad's enemies. And so now you got dad and the, the, the two kids. And when they get together, they greet each other by beating the crap out of each other with really painful martial arts moves. <laughs> okay, It's the kind of thing that everyone wants to do in their family, but never gets to. Right. Right. They actually do it. Yeah. Um, so dad, dad gets delusional and he keeps hearing the voice of his dead wife. and She's saying, I'm not dead. I'm being held prisoner behind this myth, this mythical gate in this mythical place. Okay. And if you break through that gate, you can free me. So he's rounded up the kids. Uh, I think the daughter is, was running like a martial arts school in Macau. And uh, the son was parking cars. And he rounds yeah. them up. And he wants them to, to help him rescue mom. Uh -huh. Near as I can tell, that's what this is about. Okay, that's pretty comprehensive for an incomprehensible movie. That's as close as I could tell you. Good job. Okay, now add in <laughs> mythical beasts. Yes. Okay, and add in dragons. I and, like a DC story. And add in martial arts moves that make make like crouching tiger hidden dragons seem like child's play. Cool. Okay. The choreography in this is the best choreography I've seen since that, since that last Mad Max movie. Oh, right. It's, it's absolutely spectacular. Wow. And visually, it's just a, a whole different 
film is a whole different kettle of fish <laughs> when you're in this world, man. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter about the crazy ass story that you can't figure out in the weird family politics and, and like that. Yeah. It matters that, that the hero has Aquafina to help him out and that they're going to face any adventures with great uh, stealth and bravery and style. Cool. And that's what this thing's all about. It's the most fun movie I've been to in years. I can't wait to see it. So I, I'm going to give it a, a nine, nine and a half out of 10. Wow. I think it's at the, at the half. It lost a half for having the incomprehensible plot. <laughs> uh, Maybe on the second viewing, you'll see it. Oh, I'm sure if I see it enough times, I'll be able to piece it all together. But I think I did pretty good. To, yeah, you did. To, That's awesome. Because it, it's sort of like complicated. Yeah. So um, stunning martial arts choreography. Uh, just really, really fantastic. Um, it's got the best dragon. I mean, it's got a dragon they refer wow. to as our dragon. This dragon is yes. so cool because this dragon wow. zooms through the air and and well, well, they've been like some mythical beast has whacked one of our heroes and he's flying through the air. The dragon swoops down and the, the hero lands on the dragon and goes riding the dragon to slay the, the bad guys. It's so hey, much you know fun. What, oh my God, you know what else is really fun and has dragons? What's that? Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, but Game of Thrones <laughs> bored me after like a season and a half. Oh, okay. It didn't do it for me at all. It's really exciting when the dragons grow up. You know, first of all, that whole thing with the dragons, that whole plot uh, stream in that show, yeah. I didn't, I could just couldn't cope with. I okay. also could cope with the fact that all the men look alike. <laughs> so I could tell I could they all have the same yeah. kind of spray on beard they totally and, did. and they all look totally alike and it's like who's who I have no idea who's and who they all and, then, the and then some of them die and then they come back to life I couldn't cope with it <laughs> I just couldn't cope with it the only like sanity there was the little guy oh he's amazing yeah love him so love 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 and anyway I only I didn't last very all far right. in that but all I right. do highly recommend <laughs> this one I don't know if I'll go to another Marvel movie. I don't know if I need to. This one right. kind of does it all for me. Yeah, maybe I've, it redeemed them for you. I've been to other ones that I just thought, well, just too much explosions and yeah. um, the action just didn't do it for me. But this yeah. one, it was like poetry. Wow. It's really beautifully done. Wow, wow, wow. So I'm going to, I'm going to highly recommend that. Cool, nine and a half. Yeah. I like it. So that's not all we've been watching. Oh, what else have you been watching? Here at home, we've yeah. we've streamed a show, a Welsh show on uh -huh. Acorn TV called Hidden. Hidden? Hidden, yes. Oh. There's two seasons. Yeah. It's in two languages, English and Welsh. Cool. And they have subtitles when they speak Welsh. And it's set in North Wales. And all I could say is I wouldn't mind going to North Wales with a fly rod. It looks, <laughs> I mean, there were some streams there that it, they right. look so trouty. And I, I've heard that it is a fly fisherman's paradise. Wow. Uh, and it's absolutely gorgeous. The landscape is a character in this, much yep. like it is in the Wallander series. Yep. yep. Right. So and is it a it's, it's a much harsher kind of landscape. Oh, is it a mystery? Well, it's a police drama. Okay. Okay, and it 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 has a 
sort of our hero is a kind of dysfunctional detective named Katie John. And she's she's got to solve these crimes and she has like a sidekick. And meanwhile, her father is, um, he's having some issues with dementia and she's having issues with her sisters and like that. There's like family politics going yep. on. Okay. So um, there's two seasons. The first season, it centers around a psycho dude who's really extra creepy guy who abducts and confines women and uh, I guess keeps them as his sex slaves. Uh -oh. And his he lives with his mom and it turns out his daughter from one of these women and mom is aware that, that he's doing this. Oh, and she says no. things like, stop bringing those horrors home. Oh my God. Oh yeah, but she like tolerates that's this. why he does it because of her attitude i don't know he's nuts know. she's creepy. nuts yeah. very very creepy and um we see what's happening with the detective and her team searching for this guy trying to figure out who it is and then we see his activity so we see it from uh -huh. both sides mm -hmm. um, very well done very suspenseful really quite a quite a good show and the uh the second the second season centers around some really really bad kids who get up to some really really bad things and uh it's quite melodramatic uh, quite good too yeah. i'm gonna say if uh you can stream off acorn tv or one of those british services um hidden is quite good it's well worth watching all right yeah i'm writing that down so i'm gonna watch it Sounds really good. So then, yeah, we discovered that uh, we discovered that Goliath season four is up. Oh, how exciting! Yeah, so Goliath for ah. those who who may have seen the other season stars uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yep, uh, as a uh, a lawyer who is very much a, a kind of a rogue lawyer, does things his own way, yeah. um, spends most of the scenes with him. He's drinking and smoking. Um, there's It got weirder and weirder by the, the third season with lots True. of hallucination scenes and right. um, really strange story. Well, this one, we, I, we almost didn't get through it. The first, say, oh, three no. episodes were so filled with dream sequences and hallucinations and flashbacks and Billy finds himself in a Western waiting for the train to come. Is that train oh, coming soon? Should be oh, here in a couple wow. of minutes, sir. Wow. Um, and then he keeps, he keeps running into this uh, Asian woman and he's starting to get really ticked off because everywhere he goes, he sees her. And yeah. so finally he confronts her and he says, Look, why are you following me? And she said, I'm not following you. And <laughs> he says, Well, I always see you. I keep seeing you everywhere I go. Well, did you consider the fact that I've always been here first? <laughs> so she, it turns out, in the scheme of things, hey, I haven't ruined a show in a while, you know. So I want to roll here. So in, in the I scheme, won't remember by the, the scheme of things, it. she's death. Oh, and he keeps running into death, and he's trying right. to figure out if he's going to just drink I himself. Able to, death. to guess that. So it's 
he's in rough shape. He's yeah. he's a mess. Um, he gets this gig with his uh, lawyer slash real estate agent pal, and um, they're going to be looking for to fight this pharma company that makes um, this drug that uh, looks suspiciously like Percocet. Oh. So, and it's all, it all centers around whether the company knew, um, knew that the drug was addictive or not. And the guy who, the guy who plays the, the head of the evil pharma company is played by uh, J.K. Simmons. Oh, I love him. From uh, The Closer, among other things. He's been in so many things. That's not my tempo. What's that song? That movie where he goes, uh, that's not my tempo. It's not Spotlight, but he's a drum teacher. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. It's not my tempo. I forgot about that one. Yes, he's excellent at that. Yeah, he got an Oscar for it. So he's a really good evil CEO in this. Oh, I bet. He's really good. And his, his apparently crazy brother, Frank, is played by Bruce Dern. Oh, and he wow. is so fantastic in this. He's yeah. really, really great. The cast is really, really fab. If you could get through like three episodes of weird dream sequences, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's like they were really leaning on shows like Twin Peaks. That okay. kind of thing yep. for yep. The, uh, the 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 provocatively odd seems like they were right. going for, and it was really hard to piece together what the reality was and what was really going on. And then yeah. suddenly, by about episode four or five, it starts to get really good. Well, that's fantastic. It's good that you were able to persevere through it. Um, well, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of shows do dream sequences. It's gives the it's got to be a lot of fun to throw to write a dream sequence well Um, yeah but i mean this was there was a lot there was a lot lot. of what's real and every time you see billy outside it's set in san francisco it's foggy and it's like (laughs) it looks like there's fog or smoke here and it just everything is so atmospheric and there's color filters and Mm. it just is really surreal and it even has a point in, in the last episode where all of a sudden you hear Jack Kerouac reciting a poem. Oh, I mean, it's got cool. everything in this. Oh, I love it. Fun. It's, uh, it turned out season four was really wonderful. It's not for everyone. It's yeah. it's weird. It's quirky, odd, uh, but refreshing and mm-hmm. And certainly in keeping with the other seasons, although maybe they took it to a greater extreme than in the other seasons. But I'm going to recommend this one too. If uh, if you can find it and stream it somewhere, uh, I highly recommend Goliath starring yeah, I Billy love it Bob too. Thornton. Yeah, I can't wait to see this new season. That's great. That was great news. This is going to be an incredible month coming up for movie lovers. There's just so much. So oh, many. Oh yes, movies. there's that 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 uh, pre the Sopranos prequel. I know the Many Saints of Newark. Uh, Newark. And I'm that, so I, excited. I think it's going to be at the theaters here October first. That's right. So we're going to uh, go as quickly as we can to see that. Yeah, me too. We're, we're Sopranos fans, and right, well, I'll see it this week for sure. I'll just pop over to a local Clarksville theater. Yeah, because I'm um, going to be here for a bit. Oh, are you? Yeah, there's lots of things to do. 
Okay. Well, that's. And then one of their contracts saw me painting. He goes, Oh my God, did you move here too? And I went, No, I'm just helping paint here. He goes, Oh, I could get you work every week. I need painters every week. There you go. There's there's work in Clarksville. I know. Um, wow. So I, I'm still watching The Sopranos again. Um, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I'm at the What end are the, of the recent second. episodes that you've seen? Um, I've gone blank on it because it's been a couple of weeks now. Okay. I forgot. But there was dream sequences. I mean, Tony's often having a dream sequence. Well, yes, he does. He does yeah. have his dream sequences. Yeah. The one with the bass is the one I can't handle. I know. I don't think I've hit that one. one yet. I don't think I've hit that one. I've got him having sex with the therapist. And, uh, oh, a variety of other things. And, you know, it's really weird. He's, they did such a good job of making him sympathetic at first. Although he shouldn't be, even at the beginning, he shouldn't be sympathetic. But they really do lure you in to figure out if you want to, uh, you know, to support him and follow him. By the end, you know, you really know what a monster he is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but they're very, very clever in, in Sopranos. They, they make you like him, make you like him, make you like him, yep. and then they show you how horrible he is. Yeah. And then they know, start you, making you like him a little bit again. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And which is kind of what happened to the therapist. She's kind of like us, finding out who he is. Mm-hmm. She thinks he can be fixed. And then she's yeah, like... I think, I think at least at first. At first. Yeah, not by the end. Definitely not by the end. Hey, we're watching another show that's just started. Mm. Um, and we're watching it on the strength of its star, Jeff Daniels. I love him. Um, me too. And it's called American Rust. Oh, he's in that? Oh. He's in American Rust. He plays he plays the uh, police detective. And um, it is set in a town that could be the same town as mayor of Easttown. Oh, wow. It's also set in, in Pennsylvania in one of those Pennsylvania towns, right? Um, yes. You know, there's a, an old abandoned steel mill in it. And uh, it's just started, so I can't say too much about what's happening, except that it, he it's, he seems to be, Jeff Daniels' character is in love with a woman whose son gets in trouble, and he has to decide as a policeman how much he's going to risk to help her. Jeez. So that seems to be yeah. what it's about so far. Um, quite good so far. I think we've seen two episodes and that's all that was available to us so far. Excellent. Well, you know what else is opening? I don't know if you're going to go. Dune and Macbeth. I've, I heard that. Is that Denzel in, in Macbeth? Yes. I heard it's maybe his best performance. Oh my God. The trailer is gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. And guess who else is in it? Who? Francis McDormand because Joel Cohen is involved. Ah. I don't know if both the Cohens are, but one of them is. Okay. So Macbeth yeah. certainly is on the list. Have to see yeah. that one. And, yeah. um, and okay. Dune is it Denny Arcon directed Dune, maybe? Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I better look that up. Let me look that up. <laughs> or um, screw that up. You know, I'm going to probably go see Dune. Uh, because yeah. I've hated Dune for enough years that I, I don't even remember. I remember reading the book a zillion years ago and just. Oh, no, Denis very- Villeneuve. Sorry, Denis Villeneuve. Sorry. Okay. Not Denny Arcan. That's funny. Yeah, I, yeah that's, why I would, that's why I. I really screw it up when I screw it up. 
So anyway, I've hated Dune yes. since I read the yes. books like 30 years ago. Uh, I think it's time that I, I let, let down my grudge and and go reacquaint myself. I know that uh, it's a, a story that's very important to a lot of people. They really like yes. it. And yes. people who really like Dune seem to really like it. We Dune. really do like it. We really do like it. And um, I'm excited for you to see it. I think you're going to like this more than the one in the 80s. Uh, you know, even fans of, of the novel were questionable about the movie. I was a huge fan of the movie, but, you know, I think you're going to like this one. I think it should be pretty interesting. Oh, I didn't Do see the other see one because I was hating the book way too I know, much to go to I know, the movie. I know, I know. I, re I really like the other one. It had great costumes and set direction and actors. It was really beautiful. But this one looks like fun. And yeah, so... So, so we'll, we'll try to go see... Um, that one as well yeah, and um, i don't know what sheila's schedule will be like but right. um, if she can't get out uh, i could certainly go during the day right. anytime yeah so i also really have been trying to see some art i wanted to i got here a little bit before uh, my friends got here so i kind of went downtown and checked out clarksville i was trying to see if there was what kind of art scene was here and downtown is super artsy it's two little streets in a very old-fashioned town they're adorable. And then there's a museum called the Customs House. And Eugene, I saw a fantastic show in there by Beverly Parker. It was reworked and distorted Polaroids. And she'd been doing Polaroid photography since 67. And it wow. was so beautifully put together. It was kind of impressive to see a different world than Andy Warhol's um, Polaroids. Mm -hmm. um, it couldn't be more different. And sometimes she really worked them over and they became abstract or collagey. I took a lot of pictures and I'll share them with you on Facebook. And um, she had lots of little notes. I couldn't tell who she was. There, was. there wasn't a regular kind of artist profile. She did write notes about how it felt making the Polaroids. And that was really interesting. And then they were also involved where she took pictures of people that she knew in church. So there was this kind of community thing where her Polaroids seemed to be part of her, her church community. And then she also did these things that were super, um, er, they, they appeared very urban and, and contemporary and, and, and from the town. They're just wonderful. And the Custom House Museum was delightful. It was $12 to go in there. And they also had a show about um, race cars. So they had all these race cars and, and, and the clothing and, and all kinds of things for the history of racing in the South. And it was really interesting because I started thinking how the liberal arts and all the museums that are, you know, pretty hoity-toity had really influenced the museum design of this show in any museum. It's really filtered into the rest of the, you know, the country. Um, what you might think of as a Toronto um, retrospective art show and the way they paint things and put them together it was like a banksy show but race car driving it was really it was really fun <laughs> okay, and okay. they had a great train set up in the basement Ooh, Ooh. i like my trains i know i took a couple of photos for you and you could press a button and different things would light up and the train it's a, it was pretty it was a pretty substantial size model train setup and they they it was so substantial that they seasonal so right now it's got halloween decorations in it <laughs> it's really cute it was a lot of fun there was nobody operating the train yet they had set times when the train was running and it, they had little you know you could see the booth where 
um, two or three people, uh, conductors or engineers were gonna run the trains. It was a lot of fun. And then I went to a place called Founding Frothers Cafe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and they had a chess set like with uh, Confederation versus Yankees. <laughs> oh, nice. I know, it was awesome. They had a lot of like, they had little bits of art that were really like founding fathers and the coffee was really good. And she told me I needed to go to Journey's Eye because that store could tell me everything about Clarksville. So I did. And Journey's Eye is a great little boutique with artwork and painting and collectibles and vintage. And then in the back room, they have brochures and pamphlets about the region. It was really great. And they offered me a coffee. Nice. Yeah, it's the cutest downtown. It's super artsy because we sort of have this fantasy. Wouldn't it be great to do a pop-up gallery in just weird towns, random towns in America? I don't know if we, we would ever do it, but we'd love to. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the university because I, I saw that they had art there. Um, it's a beautiful um, Austin P State University. It's incredible. If anybody needs to find a place for their kid to go, I would send them there. And the art program looked really amazing. And I took pictures of the art that was um, their permanent collection all around the building and um it looked well, like plus, a very if, if you're in tennessee you're not yeah. that far from banjo pickers and fiddlers so you're not that far you know that that's that's something so that is something that'd be worth it if you could do it all again you could go to university there but then we wouldn't have met yeah, that's right <laughs> uh, and i met someone who was organizing one of the rotating shows there and I, i'm gonna try and bug him he said he might be interested in coming on the podcast Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he was really a fascinating person. I saw him setting up the show and then he saw me leaving and we, we stood outside and talked for about half an hour. So I'm hoping he will come on the show. Michael Dickens. I hope he will. Okay. Uh, hey, I so have, next uh, week. Yeah. I wanted to mention that um, we now have all seven volumes of the Squeezebox Band wow. graphic novel um, are now available. So Excellent. if anyone is interested, uh, you can either uh, email the show at, um, what's our email? Uh, Theagency.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh um, or you can, um, you can email me at 27th Street Press. That's mm -hmm. 278streetpress uh, at uh, gmail.com. And, uh, and I'll hook you up with... Um, uh, with whatever issue you need or all of them. Uh, they're 12 bucks a piece plus $3 shipping to anywhere. Uh, I'm very proud of this work. Uh, I did all the writing and uh, my, my friend Jacob Urex uh, did all the illustration. Uh, and I think it's a good story. Oh yeah, great. I'm pretty excited. That's great, Eugene. Thanks for telling us about that. I hope people get into it. Very good. Oh, you uh, and oh, so you know, on that creative side, um, Stay had a great time at Martin's Bar and Grill. He put his artwork there, and and, and in theory, he and I are going to put some paintings in on the thirty first of October. All right. So that's kind of cool. He had a great day last Sunday. Art and bars makes good sense to me. It does. I it know really my does. work in particular looks better when you've been drinking. <laughs> day drinking included <laughs> including day drinking hey um it's uh it's a particular time of year at least here in, in toronto and in chicago uh -huh. too although maybe not in clarksville oh. where i'm just segueing here into yes, a like comfort comfort food diner oh, segment. good for you uh, it's that well, time well. of year when we still have tomatoes on the vine yep but there's a lot of green tomatoes especially if you have indeterminate tomatoes in your garden 
um, they just keep producing tomatoes right up until the frost kills the plant. Well, um, typically you've got to pick all those tomatoes before the first frost. And what do you do with your green tomatoes? Well, you could put them on a windowsill and hope they turn right. red. Right. And they might if they're far enough along. Um, but uh, here's my, uh, my tip of the week. <laughs> slice up your green tomatoes. I don't uh -huh. care if they're at all ripe or totally green. Uh -huh. Slice them up, chop them up. Um, slice up a couple of hot peppers, uh, maybe an onion. Add some olive oil and whatever seasoning you like. Toss them around and slow roast the crap out of those green tomatoes. Uh, slow roast them for about maybe two and a half hours until they get all they start to get all caramelized and wonderful mm. and that would be the basis for the yummiest pasta sauce <laughs> you have ever had with green oh, tomatoes roasted wow what else do you do do you add anything to it or throw it right into the pasta uh, usually what i do is um I'll kind of roast them all up and then I'll, uh -huh. I'll freeze them in small containers oh. so that I'll take one container out of the freezer and then I'll use that as the basis for a sauce. Gotcha. Oh, that's so then amazing. I can add in whatever other fresh veggies or, you know, garlic or whatever. And, right. um, and it makes just a really, really delightful uh, roasted tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. um, it looks kind of, um, <laughs> unattractive <laughs> <laughs> well because it's green well because because it's green and then you you roast the crap out of it until it right. turns greeny brown right 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 yeah, it's not uh it doesn't have it that tastes, lovely red of a red sure. sauce for instance or marinara it tastes really good it but it tastes that, super yummy and does it, it still retain the bitterness that i like in um green tomatoes it has a little bit of the bitterness it yeah. has a little bit of the tartness and the the caramelization uh, creates some sweetness, right? So it has the sweetness at the same time. It has a really complex set of flavors, and mm. um, I find it's just totally delightful. Oh, sounds so. so that's good. my recommendation. If you have tomatoes on the vine, and you're not sure what to do with them, roast the crap out of them with some olive oil and whatever seasonings that's you a like. Good idea. You could put in any other veggies you want to roast with them also good right because i mean yes. what's better than roasted veggies with anything did you try drying them i haven't tried drying them you mean I like thought, dehydrating them yeah i've never tried to do that oh, um, i've always I thought you were doing a lot of dehydration last month for well your trip. yeah you know the reason why i roast them is because if you if you roast them eventually you'll get to the sweetness okay that makes right? sense. And the, yeah. the uh, flavors, they aren't just all this kind of sour and bitter. It's right. it is really complex yeah. world of flavors. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I roast them. Now, I guess for camping, you could then after roasting, you could then dehydrate. Yeah. You know, the sauce for camping and um, and rehydrate it. That would be good. Mm -hmm. well, hey, did I tell you I'm planning another canoe trip? No. Yes. For next um, year? This for early spring oh. this one is going to be we're going to try to hit the sweet spot between ice out and uh -huh. black flies <laughs> so there's probably about a be? week or two in there may? Uh, it's may we're going to yeah. go i think uh the 14th to the 21st 
and it's East Texas Red and I, and yeah. um, and my brother-in-law Eric, and oh. my musical partner Ted. Fantastic! A yeah, boys' so trip. Four, four people on one trip. Oh. I don't know if I can handle oh. it, but we're going to give be it a amazing. try. Oh, well, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. You can take instruments. We found a we found a route that's in the Tomogamy area. And mm -hmm. there's at the start of the route, there's a convenient lodge. So we've booked, they're renting us the canoes. Plus, um, the day we get there, um, they're going to have dinner for us and a place to stay overnight so we can go off canoeing in the next morning. And then when we come back after a week of canoeing, they're going to have dinner for us and we'll stay overnight and then drive back fresh in the morning. Perfect. It sounds so, so fun. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit spoiled there, but hey, we deserve it. And <laughs> yes. it's um, it's the uh, Donald Lake uh, Chiniguzi route. And okay. uh, I found it in... It's a mouthful. Yeah, I found it in a book called The Top 60 Canoe Routes of Ontario by <laughs> Kevin Callan. Oh. And it has, well, it has all sorts of... Uh, all sorts of different routes in there, but I, I found the Chinaguchi Donald Lake loop and it looked like it was, you know, it's got about a dozen portages. It's about less than 80 kilometers. So mm -hmm. it's about the same um, size trip as our last one. And East Texas Red and I found that to be just right. It was, right. you know, difficult enough without being nice. um, too, too difficult. It was just challenging enough. So. Um, we're going to try that route uh, early spring. There'll be um, uh, lake trout fishing early in the spring. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll have some fish dinners. And, Wonderful. Um, I think there's some pictographs on the route um, for Ooh. us to see and um, a number of different lakes as we portage around lake to lake in a, in a big loop. Right. Excellent. Yeah. I love it. It sounds like a really good trip and a little bit... Um, a TLC as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it we discovered having a nice place to stay uh, before and after the the trip is it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a good way to go. You know, when I was in my twenties, I probably wouldn't have bothered with that. We'd have just driven up there and started canoeing, and then when we got right. out, we just drive back. But. At this stage of the game, I don't mind spoiling myself a little bit. Right. And I think that you get that, you get to transition where you can go and set up the tent while you're well rested instead of at the end of a long drive. Yeah, exactly. You're setting up a camp, you're starting out and you'll be fresh when you start canoeing and setting up your tent. It's You're not already exhausted on your holiday. Exactly. That, yeah. So that's sort of the plan. Um, it's not nearly such a big drive as the last one was. Right. Like the last one was way the heck out damn near in Manitoba. <laughs> Serious. I mean, it was near Dryden, right? So it's, it's getting right. into Northwest Ontario. Yeah. Um, whereas this one is near Tomogamy between Tomogamy and Sudbury. So it's like a five hour oh, drive. It's not perfect. bad at all. Perfect. Super fun. Super, super fun. I love it. So to our uh, listeners out there, I want to thank you for, uh, for joining us again and again and again we yes. really appreciate it and we uh we know we have some new listeners in recent weeks so i want to take a moment to welcome you um, right. i hope you enjoy the madness which is our our <laughs> podcast and um 
Anytime you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at theagency.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to read your email on the air. And we'd love your suggestions, what you'd like to uh, to hear in the show, any guests that you'd like us to track down, um, whatever, uh, whatever interests you, let us know and uh, uh, we'll give it some consideration. Yeah. And if you're a Cormac McCarthy fan, this is episode 117. So that will mean something to Cormac McCarthy. Oh. <laughs> it's a reoccurring number in his work. Is it really? 117? Yeah. yeah, he's probably had it show up about five times. And it's in different works? Yep. And so inquiring minds now want to know, what's the significance of 117 to him? Yeah, he, apparently, he says he doesn't remember what it was anymore. <laughs> I love that. I know. That, that's, that's what I would say. You would say. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would totally say that. Even I if I knew damn... Damn, Tootin exactly where it came from. Well, even and you know he does. Yeah, of course he does. And the movie The Counselor is 117 minutes. Of course, it does show up in um, The Road and and a couple of 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 his novels. So this is our episode 117. Okay, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Well, I'm sure Cormac will be listening. I hope he is. I hope someone who likes him is listening. There you go. All right. Great to talk to you, Eugene. Good to talk to you, too. Uh, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Yeah, I'll talk to you in a couple of days and uh, fill you in on the life in Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.